I really believe education to be one of the most important things because everything's changing. Just the way we sell today is different than the way we might have sold to a wedding couple 10 years ago. The way that we do our social media, the way just the the whole process is so different and it's so fragmented in terms of how to sell and market. I think just staying in tune with what our customer wants because we all know people that have gone out of business and I can think of many. I think we all can think of that photographer in their mind that was in business one day, out of business the next, just because they chose not to evolve with what was going on around them. Oh, welcome to the Wedding Video Boss podcast, where we talk about the business of being a wedding creative, and I guess, a point of view from me as a wedding videographer and how I applied it to my own business. I'm your host, Paul Santiago, and today is a Great, great, great day because we are talking to the CEO of Wedding MBA, another wedding industry heavyweight, Shannon Underwood. So if you don't know what Wedding MBA is, it's a convention that happens every year in Las Vegas and it's a collection of people who talk about their own industry within the wedding industry. So there's going to be like uh, photography, there's people from florists, planners, from all sorts of industries, even photo booth and calligraphy. So there's a lot of people in this convention and it's just a mishmash of everyone from all over, from all over the U.S., probably the world. I'm pretty sure there's people from outside of the U.S. that go here. So... The reason why I invited Shannon is because I wanted to make sure that everyone is aware, especially the wedding videographers and the photographers. I want to make sure that you guys are aware that this convention exists. Why? Because it's always going to talk about business and it's great for networking. I swear, there's just people everywhere and all you have to do is just concentrate on your area you know what just listen to the interview i can't wait for you to hear it because after the interview that i had with shannon i just realized that wow she really revamped the wedding photo and wedding video category in the convention and i'm blown away by how her attention to detail with these categories have changed i hope you're ready because this is going to be a great ride let's start the show Shannon Underwood is the VP of the Wedding MBA. She recruits and trains new speakers, sells exhibit booths, and designs marketing materials for the convention. Shannon lives in Scottsdale, Arizona with her husband and two children. You know, guys, she's a woman of few words, but once you look her up, you will find her everywhere. Friends, help me in welcoming Shannon Underwood. Hey, Shannon, thanks for being on the show. Hi there. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. I haven't seen you in like two years, but we've been emailing back and forth, which is always good. And I really, I'm really excited about this topic because I, I remember attending Wedding MBA maybe four years ago, and it just changed the way we we ran our business because 
I found out that oh, you know, you could just hang out with your competitors. It's okay, and they, it's actually <laughs> sure, great sure. to network. You know, so before before we start everything, I I wanted to break the ice, and if you could tell us something about yourself that no other person might not know. Ooh, I don't know if no other person might not know, but I would say in terms of your listeners, this might not be a, a well-known fact. There's a couple of things. One would be that I did end up doing something really crazy in college, and I went skydiving. So even my husband doesn't believe that I did it, but I did. It was crazy, and I never do it again. So that would be one. And then the second thing is before I got into the wedding industry and joined my parents with the wedding MBA, I actually did pharmaceutical sales. That's cool. And, oh, man, uh, I, I, I have a I'm, – <laughs> I'm, I'm Filipino, so I have a lot of pharmacist friends, and, yeah. The, oh, yeah. That's always a fun job. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It's interesting. My sister's actually a pharmacist, so she's the only one that's not <laughs> in the family business, and that's what she's doing every day. She'll say, well, what, what did you do today? Do today? I, I saved lives, and I said, I, I can't quite. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping to improve businesses for wedding professionals, but I, I can't quite say I, I saved someone's life today. So, yes. <laughs> hey, helping improve someone's business plan is, is saving lives, too. So don't worry. You're doing you're In its doing, own way, I suppose yes. it is. <laughs> so since we're already talking about um, wedding MBA, do you mind talking about uh, how you started and what you're up to right now? Yeah, let's do it. So how I started was our our family has always been in the wedding industry as long as I can remember. My parents had a wedding videography business before when I was when I was little, so I remember playing toys and hanging out at the office and being at Dreamkeeper Video, which was their office studio, and gosh, just learning to answer the phone from a young age, doing my homework in the studio, always seeing that that was a point in time where video uh, video was getting you know, doing copies was a thing. So I'd go in one room and I'd see the same wedding playing on loop over and over and over again. You'd hear the same wedding songs over and over again. So things have definitely changed since then. And then bridging from that to bridal shows, my parents started their own bridal show many years back, grew it to America's largest bridal show, and then sold that off a couple years couple years ago, which is fantastic, so we could focus just solely on wedding MBA. So there came a point where a decision had to be made where one business was going to suffer, that it was just too big to run both a huge bridal show with up to 600 exhibitors and wedding MBA, which was growing year to year to year. We're at 5,500 attendees now, but wow. at the time, you know, still on the growth curve, right? Um, so switched complete focus over the last couple of years totally to wedding MBA and it is it's been a dream so we love it and I, I love being in the wedding industry and I love helping wedding professionals that's good you know um, it's crazy you, you could actually see the shift two years ago when you when I, I, I guess it's fortunate that I started attending a, a couple of years ago and you know it's uh -huh. it's 
the the reception of everyone whenever they attend wedding MBA is always it's always good and that's why I invited you here because I know not only do you know how wow. to build the conference but also are you you have you probably have more knowledge than anyone else because you're always seeing everything from the outside and I wanted to ask <laughs> you right because you, you you always like every single year there's a changes in um speakers or changes in topics and I remember when I spoke for Wedding MBA, you you suggested topics to me, and I, that's how I knew that you know what you were doing, and that's I guess the, the most important part when you have a conference that this this big. So I I want to ask you, since Wedding MBA has not only been like a really good venue for education, but also a good place to network with other people. I want to ask you sure. how how important is networking for for a wedding business just like myself. I think networking can be huge. I think not only could it help your business, I, I think it also helps you to stay connected to know what is up and coming. I, I think sometimes some of the best connections we have are with wedding professionals that do exactly what we do in different markets because people feel so open and willing to share information. Sometimes at a local level, it can be a little bit trickier because you feel like in the back of your mind, you're always thinking, well, are they giving me the straight answer on that? Or do they know that we're competing for the same wedding couple? So the thing I love about Wedding MBA and more national conferences are the connections that you make from far away and where things can be similar. Even if you're in a different market, the way that you might market yourself as a or a videographer might be quite similar and you might be able to get some really great ideas. So I, I think the other the other factor on it that we don't always talk about on networking because in the back of everyone's mind they're always thinking, well it's to get more business or to ask for more business. And yeah, I think that's one thing. But but the other thing is it's truly just therapy. I mean knowing that I am doing exactly what you're doing every day and these are some thoughts and some ideas that might make your life easier, might save you some time, might save you some money, or just let you know that you're not the only one. I, I think that being in the wedding industry is very intense. I think it's a tough, tough, tough job. And, and sometimes people don't get it. People on the outside, even, even the person you're married to might not understand if they have a different job or they have a corporate job. So just being able to talk with someone and have them get you and get what your struggles are and to be able to help you or just know what it's like can be huge. Yeah, actually, you're, you're right. It is therapy. And I, I actually, <laughs> I, I remember mentioning it to you earlier, but uh, wedding MBA is like spring break for wedding vendors. And <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I That's love fun. it. I love it. It's so much fun. And you know, it, whenever I meet the, because the first time we went to a wedding MBA, our goal was to tell everyone, hey, we're here. This is our company and this is what we can do. But then it was so exhausting because everyone from all over the US or all over the world they're there right. and it was just so hard <laughs> so the next time we went back we we decided you know what we're going to focus on our area and mm, since okay. since this is spring break for everyone 
All we all we ever did was <laughs> just to hang out and create genuine relationships because I think that's what um what social media has done to relationships in the wedding industry. It's it's become a very superficial you know oh, yeah. thing and going to going to conferences creates that human touch which is very important and that's how we got really good relationships with vendors and we don't even you know we don't even ask for their work it's just we we make sure that everyone is creating this bond and so now whenever we do local events or local networking events we always see each other and we're like when are when's wedding mba gonna happen again and we can't wait because we're all excited to to be a part of that so I it feel ends like, up, yeah, yeah. I mean, it ends up being a reunion, and I, I love, I love what you mentioned about how social media is fostering relationships that can be superficial. I would, I would totally agree with that. I mean, I, I think, I think it's made us lazy. I think it's made people less likely to meet each other face to face. So you have to sort of push yourself to events like Wedding MBA, local networking events, to be able to make that happen. And for me, I'm not I'm not really a big fan of small talk questions. So when I'm at another conference, I would go just straight up to someone and say something like, what is the toughest part about owning a videography business? Instead of kind of starting with the, the niceties and, and things like that, I find that sometimes if you jump right into some of the big questions, I've been able to develop better relationships with people over time. And sometimes they look a little bit surprised. But I think overall, if, if we can really ask people better questions and, and listen and listen better, I, I think it will foster better relationships at events like this. Yeah, I know. You know, whenever people go to conferences, they're there for to work, number one. So if you're yeah. there to work too and they're there to work, then it's going to work out. <laughs> but I think sure, also sure. the, the, the good thing about having these conferences is not only for therapy, but also it's like off-site education. You know, just like what you said, you share what you do with other people and then you kind of you kind of just verify that oh yeah it it's exactly what i do and i i thought it wasn't working for me but now that i'm talking to someone about it then yeah it 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 is it is something that that does work you know mhm mm mhm mm so Definitely. my i i i want to ask you also now that we're talking about education what what benefits or actually, how, how important is education when it comes to being in the wedding industry? I think it's the most important thing because it is really humbling if you can see you might be at the top of your game, which a lot of my attendees are. They've been in business for seven years or longer. They already have a good concept of what makes them successful. That's part of the reason they're able to come out to a conference, take the time away from their business, is they've already gained some level of success. But I really believe education to be one of the most important things because 
everything's changing. Just the way we sell today is different than the way we might have sold to a wedding couple 10 years ago. The way that we do our social media, the way just the the whole process is so different and it's so fragmented in terms of how to sell and market and just the whole tech side of things is is always changing, right? So I, I think just staying in tune with what our customer wants because we all know people that have gone out of business, and I can think of many. I think we all can think of that photographer in their mind that was in business one day, out of business the next, just because they chose not to evolve with what was going on around them. And I think education is really humbling. I think when you go to a conference, you're saying – to others around you. And that's why we get a good group because the people that don't feel that feel like they've got it all figured out that they know everything, well they stay home. They don't invest in coming to a conference. But the people that say very humbly like I still have a lot to learn, those are the kinds of people that I want to meet, that that I want to sit next to in a conference and they're the ones that accept information with gratitude and with an idea of what can I do to put this back into practice when I go um, back home. So it, it gives a, a certain level of openness to receiving the education too. Cool, cool. So you were talking earlier about the major changes, right? And uh, you, yeah. you talked particularly about selling. What are the major changes that you've noticed when it comes to selling in the industry? Absolutely. So selling... 10 or 15 years ago looked different. You would, there, it felt like there were less choices that in any given market, there were, might have been a handful of people. You might have relied just on what a friend had said. Now, fast forward to today, we find that people are using online reviews more often. They're looking at websites as first impressions instead of letting a phone call or sit down meeting be the first impression. People are getting inundated every day with um, telemarketer calls. I don't even know how it happens. Like I, I got five phone calls this morning from like fake phone calls. And, and for me, I, I have uh, somebody I'm looking to do a bid on something on our house, and I missed one of his calls because in the midst of it, I'm getting all these sort of fake calls too. So people are having a battle with that. So it's almost like you can't just call a person anymore. You have to text them and say, when are you available? You know, when, we, when can we talk? Or... Um, when would you like to come and meet face-to-face -face, or when can I meet you at your venue? But I find that you can't – you should be able to just do one thing. You can maybe make a phone call. But now it's like you have to email, text, do a phone call, and then also for a meeting. It's just like your jobs have become significantly – and my job has become significantly harder because there's all these ways to get into contact with people. They might send you um, an Instagram direct message or Facebook message or comment on a photo with a way to contact them. So it's there's so many ways that we can get in touch with people. It's it's harder to stay on top of it. It's more of a challenge for sure. Yeah, it's it's become very automated that I guess people have lost touch when it comes to when it comes to selling and especially the the millennials now, they're more of the I feel like they they want that that bond with the with the vendor because we're in the service industry you know i feel like right. they they want to they want to have that connection first before anything else 
And that's why I feel like selling has to be personal, has to be more of not just like a robocall. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, and I even when you check your email, if somebody inquired on your website, if you're just sending your automated email that looks the same to everyone and it gives no feeling of personality, you're not going in and customizing anything. I mean, to me, those are the things that I don't, pay as much attention to, but if somebody's making a comment on maybe on my inquiry form, I, I had to put where I'm where I'm um, going to be getting married and I make a comment on that venue or I make a comment on on, on something that's very human, then people are gonna stand up pay, and pay more attention. So the good news in, in the course of all of this is that the bar has lowered. I think the bar is lower than it was because in some ways because we're taking out that human touch, if if you just if you just put in some simple uh, you know simple personalization aspects to your whole sales process, I think you're going to be a lot more like of a winner of the of the job. I really do, and I, I think um, and I think it's yeah some things are getting tougher because there's different ways they're contacting you, but in some ways it has gotten a little bit easier because some companies that are not evolving. Um, or or think that they are evolving, they're putting these automated messages out there and they think that's enough and, and really they've just become a robot to their potentials that you know everything's become so automated that they just feel like, well, whoever ends up booking ends up booking, but they don't realize how much business they could be um, turning away from. That's a great point. You know, I, I was just going to ask you about how you felt about just the old school way of selling because I feel like that's going to be that's going to make you stand out if you go back to the very very simple basic way of just selling which is just a human connection yeah no absolutely i i think i think the number one thing which i feel um very strongly about is a lot of our attendees are already really likable um so these wedding professionals that are out there coming to the conference and and i think that the new way of persuasion yeah we're going back to the old school way of doing things can work but also i think that our um our brides and grooms now and our wedding couples and their parents and um, everyone that's really within that age range, they're so savvy that they, they can – they can kind of sniff out a used car salesman pitch from a mile away. So it's more, I think things have shifted more from like even traditional sales to more of a persuasion techniques. So really just getting them to fall in love with you first and what you offer. And then that's the whole thing of evolution too, that if my competitors are out there and they're copying what I'm doing, you know, say, say I do something amazing on my wedding videos or my photography, I, I, you know, at a local level, I find this great spot to take um, all the engagement sessions over the next few months, and then all of a sudden, my competitors are going and they're copying me and they're picking it up. I, I think just staying a few steps ahead, and I, we've we've done that with Wedding MBA too. When we notice that other conferences are copying something that we're doing, we're, we just 
our way of pushing back is always being enough ahead of everyone else that that we feel you know we feel good we introduced 50 new speakers this year you know it was a year that we needed to do it we needed to make sure that things were that you know staying fresh and we were getting fresh content so we were out there at other conferences um, sitting in the office <laughs> sitting in the audience saying I want them I want them I want them and um, taking an active role in that because for me you you've got to always be on top of that year to year day to day for sure so you were talking about uh, speakers, right? And I wanted to ask you, yep. how do you, just so the the listeners could get an idea of the quality of the speakers that are invited to Wedding sure. MBA, how do you, what's your process in screening the speakers? But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being a loyal listener. You don't know how much it means to me that you're listening right now and I can share with you something that I'm passionate about. If you enjoy the content that I'm bringing every week, I just want to remind you that the Wedding Video Boss podcast also has a Patreon page where you can pledge as low as $1 to show your support and keep the show going. There's different tiers which gives you different perks like transcripts of all the episodes. This is for those who don't have time to listen for an hour. A Facebook community to share and give business advice for photographers and videographers. Also, extra episodes just for the hardcore fans. Just go to www.patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash wedding video boss or click on the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to whatever we were talking about. Absolutely. I'd love to give you a behind the scenes look. So I'll tell you what a lot of conferences do, and then I'll tell you what we do. And I can't speak for any one conference because obviously they're all a little bit different. Um, for other conferences, a lot of times they'll take a written submission, and this will be a primary way that they will pick the speaker. So the reason I think that doesn't work as well is, to me, all that says is that uh, that particular speaker is a good writer. It doesn't necessarily say that they're a good speaker. This Two years ago, we decided that we were actually going to do on-site tryouts. So the last couple of years, we've done something that's been a lot of fun. It's a little bit like American Idol or some of these contest shows where we have a panel of judges, and, and myself included, along with other high-rated speakers, and we will watch that potential speaker speak for five minutes. We'll ask him five minutes of questions, and we get a really good feel that fast if, if there's someone that we want to work with. So that's been a lot of fun. We also do video submissions, but um, the other thing we, I like to see is see them speaking at another conference. So that's really helpful. So those are usually the three ways that we're looking at new speakers along with a form. So we just have general contact information, preferences, and things like that. But I would say just seeing that speaker in front of us is huge. And then post-show we take all the survey information, and I'm telling you, I, I will apologize up front to anyone that's come to the Wedding MBA before, apologize and thank them for spending the massive amount of time it takes to take one of our surveys, probably 40 minutes into it, <laughs> about what it takes if they were to go through and review every single class that we do. So other conferences will typically say, who was your favorite speaker? And then people will type that out. Who was your least favorite speaker? They'll type that out. For us, we survey on each and every single one of the classes, and often Oftentimes, 
Wedding MBA has about 150 classes, so it's a lot to go through. So post-show, part of what helps us to decide is we'll take that survey information, we'll see what the attendees liked, and we'll be able to use that as data to fuel us to help those speakers improve, and then um, additionally to decide you know, which, which types of new speakers people are wanting for the following year, too. That screening process is great because it's not just an online thing anymore it's more of like oh okay he this person really does have personality this person really does have you know just (laughs) in five minutes you're gonna know because you've been doing this for a while so i'm pretty sure your 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 gauge when it comes to speakers is really good so i want to ask you i want to ask you how what since we're already talking about what sets uh, the hiring process, the screening process of Wedding MBA apart. What what else does set Wedding MBA apart from other conferences? Yeah, absolutely. I would just say the quality of content. I think the evolution of the evolution and variety of types of classes. So it's basically like two conferences in one. On the one side, you have all of your business, tech, and trend classes each hour for the general topics. And then on the other side, you have your wedding specialties. So the wedding photographers, videographers, planners, venues, and so all the major wedding professional categories. So about half their time is spent within specialties. So that smaller group where you're talking about really specific information that that's maybe just an issue um, or an idea for that particular category. And then on the other side, you're still getting that Um, more aerial view of information, whether it be on um, law or whether it be on sales or technology or how to sell to the millennials or accounting or just you kind of pick your topic and it's really there. And we have about 150 classes to choose from, so there is a lot of variety. But they've already really been through that whole screening process on the type of class and then additionally the type of speaker. I mean, I think the other thing is that we do have that aerial view, so having the ability to say, because most of my speakers will come to me and say, hey, I want to do a class on either A or B, and and maybe it would be networking, and then maybe B is um, selling to millennials. And I'm like, hey, I've seen that done a million times before. Like, let's look at a different type of class. So, Sales are very important, right? But to me, just having an over, um, overview of a sales class can get kind of stale, and people have heard it before. So it would be a different perspective on it. It might be persuasion through email or selling through email even before you see them face-to-face. Or it might be closing the sale, so you're taking one aspect. Or how do you get more inquiries that come in through your website? So they're all steps in the process, but I think it's really important to break it down so you can be more actionable with your content. So they can give more takeaways. So it's it's less about inspiration and more about, well, how do we roll up our sleeves and get this done? So w- would it be safe to say that the Wedding MBA would be a good venue for people who are trying to get into education, for a good venue for them to test out new material or see if they could actually be a good speaker? <laughs> Yeah, sure. I mean, I would say that um, on-site tryouts 
is, is a great way to get started on that for sure. Um, we start most of our new speakers out in specialties and then they'll usually end up in the general track after they've spoken to their specialty. We are full on speaker positions now, so we have a sort of speaker season. It's usually about a three-month period that's immediately after the conference and then a few months after that that we try to pick all of our new speakers. So it's a, it's a relatively short window. So I get emails all the time like, hey, I want to speak. And a, a lot of times the timing just doesn't work out. So I think just being aware of, well, the conference this year is October 14th, 15th, and 16th, and I really start recruiting right there at the conference, and then usually up until January would be my biggest recruiting month. Okay. I kind of feel bad because I, I saw that and I'm like, okay, I'm going to submit my topic by March 10th because that's a deadline. And I forgot because I was yeah. so busy with stuff and it just oh, broke no, my heart. I know. I know. That's tricky. Well, we, we'll, we'll definitely be able to catch back up and get things done earlier for 2020, right? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll make sure I'm, I'm on it. So what I, I want to ask you about... Um, in particular, photographers and videographers in the industry, what sure. what do they need to know about wedding MBA? Absolutely. I think some of the things they need to know is our photography category is one of our fastest growing category. We've almost doubled attendance over the last three years in the photography track. So we've seen some big changes over time. Uh, really, for me, the biggest difference was I started working really closely with our highest rated photography speaker some years ago and I just said to her, hey, help me. You know, help me understand what it is like to be a photographer. What are they interested in? What don't what don't they care about? So for me I did extensive research on what photographers want, both just over the phone, phone calls like this, asking what they want, what they don't want, and then talking with um, some people that are really experienced and just saying, help me make this track better. And since, and since I <laughs> humbly went to her and said, help me, oh my gosh, I mean, everything's changed. I, I have a better concept of what photographers are looking for, what videographers are looking for. We have, for this year, for example, I have a whole class on light which is always relevant, which is always important. I have a really fun class. It's how to edit an entire wedding in three hours. So it's, I know it's, that's a huge project, especially when you're taking thousands of images at a wedding. But I know how important it is because, hey, if we all learned how to edit in three hours or less, it would give us a piece of our life back, you know, as a photographer. And then on the photography track, and then we'll get to video track too, um, also on the photography track, just talking about price lists. Price lists are always a thing. For whatever reason in that particular track, they've always been really public, so I feel like there's always a lot of price shopping and price comparison. So just being able to um, narrow down to what are the best ways to talk about your price list, how do you make sure that you're profitable, you know, really looking at the math behind it, which is so key. Um, and then, hey, we all love equipment, <laughs> so we're all a little bit of gearheads, right? So we want to know what's up and coming for 2020. So I do have an equipment class for 2020. And then I do have a class on posing and finding good locations. So just 
really the quality of the image, what are we looking at there? And then modern exposure, I have a class that's all about social media. So we've got these great images and now what are we doing with them? Do we have enough of a follower? Are we posting the right images? What are common mistakes that photographers tend to make when they're reposting on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest? And keywords, um, how to use influencers to your advantage, and just those common mistakes. So that's, that's what we're looking at for photography and then switching gears over onto video. We're looking at, um, on the video side of things, marketing. I know that that's something that our videographers have told us that they want to hear more about, is just making sure that they can, um, that they can put a process, a marketing process, instead of just kind of throwing things, <laughs> things out there and seeing what sticks, to actually see, well, what advertising should we be paying for? What, what can we do on our own? What works for other videographers in different parts of the country? So that's, that's one thing. Another thing is um, audio and lighting techniques. I know audio and lighting can always be a challenge for videographers. So it's going to be getting into the nitty gritty, so a deep dive into really what works, what doesn't work, um, editing after if something does go wrong with the microphone or um, if there was a problem actually at the wedding. And then um, also taking a look at selling video. I, I think that sometimes video is an afterthought and that's heartbreaking. You know, growing up in the industry and seeing where my parents got their start, nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. You know, people still leave the smallest amount of their budget for video. They think about it sometimes when it's too late after the wedding is over. And um, how do we change that? You know, how do we make how do we make it um, more relevant to people now when online videos are so important? You know, how do we make ourselves more relevant, and how do we how do we sell? So those that's a sneak preview of some of the classes, and and those are just on the specialty. We've got a lot of general ones. I can't go over all those now because there's so many. I like that. You know, I just I told you earlier, I just came back from WPPI, which is an, another convention yes. for photographers and videographers. And yeah. I think the the way that photographers and videographers run is they since we're creatives, we want to see and be inspired by other creatives, like how they work and what yeah. inspires them to create all these things, but Fortunately, there's another convention which I feel like is the better one because this one is Wedding MBA and it talks about the business side of everything. And that's pretty much why I made this podcast is because the Wedding Video Boss is about the business side of being a wedding creative. And that's why I really appreciate that you have this conference is because not only do we get to network, but we also learn how to run our business. And, you know, as a wedding creative, we don't totally. really have money. So actually learning how to make money is, <laughs> sure. is a bonus. That's important. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, there's only so many hours in the day. So if we can give you tips that will save you time, that's money. And then saving money or making more money, that's money too. So absolutely, I mean, those are, those are our biggest goals. When we look at a class, we ask ourselves, will this help the wedding professional have more time or make more money? And if it doesn't fit into those categories, we tend to nix it altogether. So um, we have a variety of classes, but definitely our motto is the business side of the wedding business, and that's so important. We do throw some technique classes in there because I believe that can be money in your pocket 
pocket and that can save you time. So that was when we did an adjustment. We found that, yeah, we've got so many business classes for the creatives, the photographers and videographers. Let's throw some technique classes, have them stay on top of their game with equipment and techniques too. So that was a change we made over the last couple years. But still primary focus, especially on the general tracks, you're going to see the business and tech classes really take precedence. So definitely, definitely there to help on that front. I love that. That's great. It's a great it's great to know that you put technical stuff in there because like just like what I said, photo and video people, they love the technical stuff and they love the creative oh, side. Yeah. So that thanks for doing that. So <laughs> Of course, of course. So I guess the, the, the last thing I want to ask you is well pretty much for those who have already been convinced that okay, I'm gonna go to the conference do you have any tips that they should know of? Because from what I've noticed, like the for newcomers, when I was at the wedding MBA, they didn't know what to do. So would it it would be great <laughs> okay. if you if you gave out tips like just to prep them for what to expect and how to sure. go about the whole thing because it it gets really really crazy as soon as the conference starts. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, always step one, buy your ticket first. I think this, the second thing people should look at are plane tickets because those do tend to go up over time, so buying a plane ticket early is great. Um, hotels, sometimes you can wait a bit on. And then in terms of packing, we usually say, hey, bring some comfortable shoes, bring, um, bring layers of clothing because it can get cold in certain rooms and warmer in other rooms, and there is quite a bit of walking that goes on. And then when you're actually at the conference, the things I found that can be helpful is actually bringing some of your collateral like literature, business cards, uh, marketing materials because there are people there that will help you. Their speakers will sit down and say, hey, you know, you might think of making this adjustment to your contract or you might think of using a different photo for this. So bringing as much as you can with you on that end. And then oh, there's a lot of business card exchanges that go on. So I think really just bringing enough business cards are key and like fun business cards. I mean, I've seen some really creative business cards that, that stand out. So doing something fun with the business cards, um, even like small gifts that you give with the business cards if you're trying to make some good connections there with other attendees or speakers or exhibitors, who, whomever that might be. Um, I would just say getting there the day before can be helpful. So it starts on the 14th. Sometimes we don't start until 2 o'clock on the 14th. So sometimes people want to get there on the 13th just to give them a chance to look around Vegas and have some fun. Um, and then the, we end on the 16th. So the 14th will be a half day, and then the 15th and 16th are very full days. So flying out on October 17th for the 2019 conference is, is a good action plan. And then um, I think really just being there to listen when you are networking, asking questions, um, and listening more than you're talking can develop some of the best relationships. And then finding some relationships where you can hold each other accountable. So if you find another videographer and you tell them, like, I really want to increase the amount of corporate business that I do, and you do a lot of corporate, would it be okay if I emailed you, you know, 
couple times within the next year and just gave you like a progress report just to keep myself accountable. So I have, I have attendees that do this, and I love it. So they're always welcome to email me and just let me know how they're, how they're doing. It's sort of like having a personal trainer at a gym. Like just knowing that someone's there to hold you accountable is huge. So if you can find someone that can hold you accountable once you get all of these, um, you know, get all these classes under your belt, and then just trying to do one new thing every month. I mean, you're going to get a lot more than 12 tips, but if you can pull out about 12 tips and do one new thing every month and make that as part of your goal set, I, I think you'll get more out of the conference than if you just take in the information and then sit on the information. Can I just add... <laughs> Can yeah. I just add, Let's do uh, it. <laughs> don't, don't party too hard because classes start oh, really no, early. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> <laughs> they, do. You, they do. I mean, yeah. you've got two really full days. So if you are going to party, I would say party on Sunday night and then maybe like the last day of the conference once yeah. it's all over. <laughs> but the days in between, yeah, probably not a good idea because – um, because you're you're gonna be feeling it, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you you won't believe how obvious it is when someone walks into the class and like an eight o'clock class and how miserable they look. Uh, we're like, oh, that she partied too hard. So so make sure. <laughs> There's luckily there's only one day of ADM classes this year. We we found that yeah you're not the only one that's like oh it's too early. So um, so the first day starts at two. The second day I think we're at nine. We have yeah second day at eight. Third day at nine. So it's still early yes, but not, not too scary. <laughs> okay, I, I remember uh, <laughs> there was one time this guy he walked in. Um, he was just holding his cup of coffee and wearing boxer shorts. I'm like, wow, what <gasps> oh a great gosh. party! I did not. I, yeah. I did not see that. One. I, I have photo. I have photos of him, so I'll send him oh to you. Gosh, that's funny. <laughs> but, okay, yeah. please do. That will give me a good laugh. So oh man! Thank you. But yeah, it it was very entertaining. Love it. So thanks yeah. for the tips. Um. So now I I guess this is the part where because I feel like for for people in my industry in the wedding and photo industry I would love it if there's a way that we could share what we want to see is there like a a website that we could go to sure. to message someone to to just to say like what what we want to see and we what mm -hmm. we want to expect just so they they know that we're not forgotten and <laughs> our voice will be heard. Yeah. <laughs> so, so are you talking yeah. so let me clarify are you talking about like what what you guys want to see in terms of content that you want wedding mba to know about I guess or so. are you talking about communicating with one another Yeah actually let's let's just say um how they could where they could reach you and if they want to register yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah just talk about the site. Yeah, absolutely. So my email address, if you ever have any ideas or if you want to add certain types of classes, I am always all ears. And my email address is Shannon, S-H-A-N-N-O-N, -N -N at wedding, M-B, or phone, or 80 
Okay, so that's Shannon at WeddingMBA.com. You got it. So that's a great way to start. The office phone number is 480-636-1066. So you're welcome to call. I still love the phone. So um, I even despite <laughs> even despite dodging fake phone calls from um, <laughs> telemarketers, I still love talking on the phone. So yeah, call and email. Give me your tips. Give me your ideas. And also we can help you get registered. Or you can just jump online and register, whatever is easier for you. But yeah, we're, we'd love to help. And for some people, they even want me to help design their schedule. There's a lot of choices every hour. So um, I definitely take phone calls where we'll customize schedules for people and, and help them pick the classes they want. And I'm happy to do that too. Okay. And then um, I guess uh, for everyone else who wants to start registering and who are more curious about like the speaker lineup and the exhibit, uh, do you mind telling them where to go? Yeah, of course. Just go to weddingmba.com. And you can see the class schedule. You can buy tickets. You can see classes for your specialty. Exhibitors and speakers are all on there. The main thing that I feel that wedding professionals need to know is if they need advice with something, they should just always ask for help. And it's funny because when I was – before we started the interview, I was watching a video of Steve Jobs, and he said – most people never ask, and that's what separates sometimes the people who do things from the people that, that just dream about it. And I feel like this is the perfect time and the perfect place that I, I want to thank you, not only for guesting in this show, but also for creating a conference that actually wants to help other vendors with their business. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that half of our success is just listening and paying attention. So when you get in front of all these wedding professionals and you get to meet one another, oh my gosh, we're going to have so much fun together. So thank you so much. And Wedding MBA is so happy to be a guest here today. Thanks, Shannon. All the best. Thank you. So no matter where you are in your business, whether you're starting out or you're five years or 10 years in, there are still a lot of things to learn, especially with the with the face of social media changing and the face of how people market themselves and how they run their own company that, you know, you realize all these things, what they taught you three years ago is not important anymore. So there's a lot of people, luckily for us, who are willing to share this. And all you have to do is sacrifice a week of your time in a year and go to this place, this boring, super boring place called Las Vegas, Nevada, and you go to school, and at night you party. So it's a terrible, terrible experience. I'm just kidding. It's the best. It's Everyone is looking forward to this. Just like what I told Shannon earlier, it's spring break for wedding people. So I really hope that, I really hope this helped you out. And the link to join is going to be in the show notes. So watch out for that. Please, please, please let me know what you think about this episode. I would love to hear. I'm pretty sure Shannon would love to hear what you think. And I will see you on the next episode of the Wedding Video Boss Podcast. Till then, play nice if you can't win. Be nice, especially if you're good looking. Boss man, out.
Boss Man out.